Good morning, everybody. God is good, and all the time. I'm an old guy like that. I always, my pastor, and when I was a kid, always did that, and it just it stuck with me. Uh, so anyway, we're going to be in uh, Ephesians some more today. Uh, I've spent just a lot of time the last few weeks in, in the book of Ephesians. Uh, and a big part of that is because I think sometimes I, I have a hard time focusing, and so I, you know, I see something and I go off over here, and then I go off over here, and um, and, and so what happened was actually um, two weeks ago I set out to put together a sermon in Ephesians five, and actually I even told Jim I'm going to preach out of Ephesians five. That didn't happen. It's still not going to. Um, and and because you know we're in a marriage series, and Ephesians five has to do with the household code, uh, you know that that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, and uh, and I even had a really good joke planned for it. You know, I was going to put up Ephesians five twenty. There it is already. Ephesians five twenty two. You know, and wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord, and let you all know that Pastor AJ really, really wanted me to emphasize that to all the ladies, and then we would have all laughed, right? And which I think is fair to do that to Pastor AJ because he's always telling you guys to like text me with questions about circumcision for some reason, which if you do, by the way, uh, I found medical pamphlets that you will receive. So, uh, but uh, anyway, so, you know, we would have spent some time unpacking all of that and I would have talked to you about, you know, uh, the context and the culture and the history and all those things that sound really exciting uh, to you guys. Uh, but that didn't happen uh, because, like I said, I, I think I have a hard time focusing. I get distracted. Or um, if I was a, uh, you know, a regular preacher, what I would tell you is the Spirit of God led me somewhere else. Uh, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's just I saw a squirrel. And, uh, but I think what it is is this. I, as I was sitting there with the book of Ephesians, there was this, this thread that kind of weaved throughout the pages. And, and, and so I just started pulling on this thread because it was there. What else are you going to do? you got to pull on the thread. And, and I, I pulled it, and it kind of took me up through the rest of Ephesians chapter 5, and it took me through 4 and 3 and 2. And at some point, I was in the book of Revelation because the book of Revelation has this really cool letter to the church in Ephesus. So I was looking at that. And, uh, and then I was in Genesis again. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to tell them the whole story of the Bible again because that's really... Uh, and then I, at some point, I was actually even in, like, the, the Battle of Jericho, and I have no idea. I, I can't remember how I got there and what I was thinking about, but I was thinking about Jericho. Like, what in this world is this guy talking about? But the point is that I was stuck on this, this theme that was going all throughout Ephesians. Uh, it's this big theme. It's an exciting theme. It's what I talked about last week, Christian unity. Christian unity, that, that Christianity is not an, an all-alone thing. It's a, a thing that we're, we're in this together. It's a one-another thing. Uh, and, and so there's this, this theme all throughout Ephesians of Christian unity made possible through humility and through mutual submission, and it's all throughout this book. And, and, and I really do think it, it kind of uh, informs or is connected to all the little parts of, of the book in, in Ephesians. And, and so when you're in Ephesians chapter 2 and you're reading about how we're saved by grace through faith, it's connected to this idea of Christian unity. Uh, and, and when you are in Ephesians chapter 4 and, and you're reading about, you know, holy living and, and about issues of morality and, and things like that, it's connected. And then when you get to the instructions in Ephesians chapter 5, 
that Paul gave to the the Greco-Roman households in Ephesus about what a Christian home looks like, it's connected still to this idea of Christian unity through humility and through mutual submission. And and so I also think uh, if you keep that same thread in mind, something that I, I don't think I've considered before is when you get then to Ephesians chapter 6 and you look at the armor of God, that perhaps maybe that is also still connected to this idea of Christian unity. And so anyway, this week we're going to keep pulling on that thread. Uh, and, and it actually it led me to Ephesians 1. Uh, because I think in Ephesians 1 there's... Uh, well, I'm calling it an anchor point because that sounds really good, you know, like an anchor point, that this thread is tied to the, this anchor point in, in, in Ephesians 1. And I think when we kind of put that piece into the puzzle, it, it makes that, that, that theme of Christian unity that goes throughout the whole book, it makes a little bit more clear. And it also adds, I think, along with that same theme, a theme of Christian mission. And so anyway, can I show you that? Let's, can we take a look? That's a rhetorical question. I'm going to show you anyway. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of God for the people of God. That's a really, that's a lot in that. I mean, we normally don't read that big of a chunk. Uh, I had to because this is really interesting, at least I thought so. Uh, In the Greek, all of what I just read is actually one very long run-on sentence. True story. That's what all the scholars... I don't know how they conclude that because there's no punctuation in Greek, but uh, I I sort of get it. But anyway, it's all just one sentence. So if you want, you can actually go home later and complain to your friends and family. Can you believe that pastor only read one sentence out of the Bible? Uh, And really, what I wanted to do is I wanted to read the whole book, but... I didn't do that. All right. So what is this, this anchor point? What is this thing? All these things going on. Uh, I think it's summed up really well in, in verse 10. I'm going to look at 9 and 10 just, just for good measure. But uh, Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, it says, He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, 
which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Man, I love that. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. See, God made known to us the mystery of his will. And what is that? It is to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And so what, what that means for us is that when we had first put our faith in Christ, no matter what that looked like for you, uh, maybe it was at home with mom and dad when, when you were a small kid, or uh, maybe it was at church, maybe it was at a youth camp, maybe, you know, whatever that looked like. But maybe you just, you grew up in church. And, and all you can ever remember is that you loved Christ and you wanted to follow after Christ. And, and whatever that looks like with you, when we put our faith in Christ, that was God at work in the world, God at work in your life, bringing all things in heaven and on earth in unity under Christ. That's what that means. And then as we uh, continue, you know, our Christian walk and we, we learn and we grow and uh, hopefully become more and more like Christ, uh, as we seek to live a holy and blameless life, as, as we're called, as, as God had uh, predestined for us to live a, a beforehand, that's what it says in Ephesians 1. Let's Verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and love. And then it goes on to the rest. But I, I, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on all the times it says predest, predestined in this. But I figured I'd have to bring it up at least once because or else they wouldn't let me be a Nazarene anymore. Uh, I just want to point out that it, is, it doesn't say he chose beforehand who was going to be saved and who wasn't going to be saved. It says that he chose beforehand in this particular verse that his people would be holy and blameless. That's what it says. I won't deal with all the other ones because we don't have time for that. But God, before the foundation of the world, chose that we would be holy and blameless. And so as we are, are walking and we are learning and we are growing in Christ, that's God at work bringing all things in heaven and on earth and unity under Christ. And then so when we come into uh, church each and every week and we worshiping side by side, that's, again, God at work bringing everything in unity. Oh, he's going to say this a lot, isn't he? Yes, I am. <laughs> and, and, and when we take the, these attitudes and these mindsets of humility and mutual submission and, uh, and love and gentleness and respect, and we bring these into our homes, into our families, into our marriages... And our families begin to reflect the unity of the Christian body and begin to reflect the relationship of Christ and the church, then that is God at work. And that is us participating with this work to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And so as we go into the world, Nothing that clears your sinuses more than preaching. I don't know what happens every week. Um, as you go into the world and, and we're living out the, the values of Christ and we are proclaiming the message of Christ with humility and love and, and all these things, then, then we as the body of Christ, we arm ourselves with things like righteousness and peace and love. 
And, and as we do that, we are being lights in the darkness. We are pushing back the enemy forces. We're, we're contributing to, to the mission of God in the world. And, and so as the body of Christ, again, we're armed. And, and I don't know if, if you noticed, but twice already in the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, we just flew all the way over the book of Ephesians twice this morning already. Because there's that theme of Christian unity. There's this theme of, of Christian mission. And, and, and so my, my point is that God is up to something in the world. Uh, and, and we're part of it. And, and God is up to something really big and really incredible. And it's way bigger than any of us. And yet it includes us. It's part of us. And we're a part of it. And, and the thing is, I, I know... I know it doesn't always seem like it. I know it's sometimes it's hard to, to see, it's hard to understand and that, that God is at work and that God has this big, epic, incredible plan. Because, you know, a lot of times when it comes to uh, ministry things, when it comes to spiritual things, uh, it, it's hard to see the, the results. Uh, maybe we did a lot of the, the watering, but someone else was around for the harvest. And, and so with, with things like this, it, it's hard to always see and know what's going out there. It, it's not the same as, you know, going out and mowing the lawn or shoveling the snow where you start, you finish, you can see that it's different than that. And so it's hard to, to see. It's hard to know that this is actually happening, that this is actually taking place, that God is at work in the world bringing all things in unity in heaven and on earth under Christ. And, and to be honest, sometimes life doesn't feel that big and that epic. Sometimes life feels small. Uh, there was a song um, a while back, popular in, in like the worship world uh, when I was a teenager. And it, and it had that question, it was that question, did you, did you feel the mountains tremble? You probably know the song, you've probably heard it. I was listening to this podcast uh, a week or two or a month ago. I don't remember how long ago it was. Uh, and, and they were talking. I don't remember all what they were talking about, but this song comes up. Did you feel the mountains tremble? And, and they said in this podcast, they said, you know what? We would sing that song at church, and we would sing that song at youth group. And, and if I'm honest, the answer is no. Like, no, I didn't feel the mountains tremble. No, I, I didn't feel and experience the things that they said I should be feeling and experience Sometimes life feels small, right? Life has a tendency to kind of get into routines, and routines are good. Uh, routines help us uh, find stability in life. Routines help us to get things done, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with routines. Routines help us uh, establish God-honoring rhythms in life where we can uh, grow spiritually. Uh, routines are good, but sometimes our days start to kind of run into each other. Our days start to uh, feel the same. You know, we, the alarm goes off, we get dressed, we get ready, we head out the door, we clock in at work, we do the same tasks today that we did yesterday and we're going to do them again tomorrow. Uh, and the chances are that if today you came and you showed up at church and it was 10 minutes before service started, then next week you're probably going to show up at a very similar time. And if you came in, you're five minutes late, no judgment. 
you'll probably be five minutes late again next week because our life kind of tends to, to fall into routines. And so we clock in, we clock out, we go home, we fill the evening with the same sort of uh, things. We go to bed, we get up in the morning, we do it all over again. And so the routine can feel kind of uh, dull, becomes kind of a rut. And, and so we think, you know, I really want something new. I really want something different. I really want something bigger. And then the phone rings and it's news and you find out whatever relative, they're sick, they're at the hospital, there's an accident, there's something, there's more questions than answers and, and things seem bad or the, there's a knock on the door, it's a neighbor, they're upset by, about something, it's going to be a big hassle. You're scrolling through Facebook and that friend that you've lost contact with, you find out they've taken their own life. You, you uh, turn on the news and you see that Russia has invaded Ukraine. And all the talking heads are preparing you from anything from rising gas prices to World War III, whichever comes first. And that's just how we're affected. Imagine if we were there on the other side of the world in the middle of all this. It, it would feel like the whole world is falling upside down. Child does something and breaks our trust. A spouse does something and breaks our hearts. And, and, and at these points, we would rather have the rut than this thing that has changed it. And, and that's what life sometimes feels like, right? Life sometimes feels like a, uh, a fluctuation between the, the dull and the devastating. Now, I know, I know there's a lot of good things in life, but I'm not talking about those for dramatic effect, okay? But that's what life feels like sometimes. The mundane to the miserable, And even worse, sometimes the bad things in life seem to come at us so frequently and so often in, in such regular intervals that they become part of the routine and, and they just kind of fades back into the, the background of what life is and, and so we get tired. And, and it's easy to forget in the day-to-day, -day, in the midst of all of this, that God is up to something in the world. God is up to something in the world. It's easy to lose sight of that. It's easy to look at the storm and, and begin to sink. It's easy to look at the darkness and, and begin to feel lost. But, but then the alarm goes off. And it's Sunday morning. And you don't feel like it, but it's the routine. You're going to church and you drag yourself to church. And then you see each other. And, and, and a smile comes on your face. And it's not a fake smile. It's not something that you're trying to hide behind. And, uh, and sure, maybe it's going to fade faster than you'd want it to. But in that moment, at that time, it's a real smile. It's real. It's true. You're happy to be here. And, and, and we begin to, to look at each other. And we begin to talk with one another. And we begin to see and remember that, yes, God is up to something in the world. We, we begin to see that, yes, God is at work bringing unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Now, we won't use those words because, I mean, who in the world talks that way? But we see a friend and we remember their story and their story reminds us of our story. And we see that God is at work. 
And, and, we, and we think about how, this is Ephesians 5.8, we think about how once you once, for you were once darkness, but now you're the light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And so we're encouraged and we press on and we keep on and because we are people who have been drawn to Christ and we have been drawn by Christ. And, and hopefully we can continually keep these things in, in our mind that, you know, things like this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And maybe we can continually be reminded of things like, like this in um, Ephesians chapter 3, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. Now, that is just really cool. And, and, and the, the, the thing is, and, and what we stake everything on, is that one day the light that has illuminated our hearts, that the light that has changed our lives will one day illuminate all the darkness in all the world because Christ is at work. God is at work bringing all things in heaven and on earth in unity under Christ. And so we keep pressing on and we keep proclaiming our faith in, in the things that we say and the ways that we live because this thing has changed us. This story has captured us. And you know the story I'm talking about because I've told it to you before and I'm not the only one about how God, 2,000 years ago, yeah, I'm going to tell you again. 2,000 years ago, God came. He took on flesh. 100% man, 100% God, Jesus Christ comes and he's with us for 33 years the three of those years he's traveling around and he's preaching and he's telling us what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven what it means to to be a citizen of uh, of god's kingdom and he shows us how to love one another and he and he teaches us uh, and he heals and he all these things and then he dies on the cross for our sins laying down his life for us he's buried and on the third day he rises again defeating sin, death, hell, the grave, Satan, all these things. And he appears to many, many witnesses. And he ascends into heaven where he now sits, seated at the right hand of God the Father, ruling and reigning over us, his people. And one day he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And, and, and we look forward to that day because that is when we then also participate in the same resurrection of life. And, and, and where all things are coming together and where finally all things are brought into unity in heaven and on earth under Christ. But until then, we press on, we continue on, we, we proclaim Christ and we participate in these things that God is doing in the world because, because we really do believe that the gospel is enough. We really do believe that, uh, that Jesus meant it when he said it and that, and that it's true that in John 12, 32, when he says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And so we push forward 
to the front lines, right? Waving the banner of Christ. And, and, and so that means if there's brokenness in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, we bring Christ into those things by the way we live, by the way we speak, by the way we treat each other with humbleness, gentleness, and love, and mutual submission. And if we think there's imperfection in the local church, not this one, the one down the street, then we, we address that by coming in and bringing Christ into it with the way we love one another and with love and gentleness and humility and respect. The same with our jobs and with the community and with the whole world. And as we do that, we continue to see God at work bringing unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's amazing. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I pray that your spirit would fill us, would lift us, would encourage us. Lord, that you would bind us together in your love as one body armed with your armor going out into the world. Lord, that your spirit, your presence would be there present in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, in our jobs, in our communities, Lord, in this very place. Pray these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Let's stand together.
comes to you when temptation comes my way and when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my you to honor you lord i pray that you would fill their lives and their homes with your spirit and with your presence and that they would be a light wherever they go I pray this in your name the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace amen Oh God. 